I was just, it just seemed like, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, it seemed like everyone else were real actors and she acted in Pitch Perfect. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of how I feel when Rebel Wilson is in like anything. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer this question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website and subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. We had a change in movies, so just to give you guys a heads up, we were going to be reviewing Kong versus Godzilla. That did not happen due to the schedule change. That will happen for our next episode, so that will be our next one. That comes out now the 31st instead of the 26th, so keep an eye out for that on the 5th. But for now, we're going to be reviewing The Accountant. It was released October 14th, 2016. It was written by Bill Dubuque. It was directed by Gavin O'Connor. stars Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, John Barenthal, Cynthia Adai Robinson, J.K. Simmons, Jeffrey Tambor, and John Lithgow. As a mass savant uncooks the books for a new client, the Treasury Department closes in on his activities and the body count starts to rise. That's awesome. This is one of those movies. So I was watching it again today and I was like, why don't I watch this movie more? Like, Dude, it's that's one what of those- I was <laughs> I literally it's been like a year and a half, two years since I've watched it. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. And then I just forgot how good it is. Like, so I was just so disappointed in myself. I'm like, why have I not watched this more? Cause it, yeah, it's such an interesting story and the way that it plays out. I really, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. You know, what's funny is I hadn't heard when I first watched it for the first time, I hadn't heard anything about it. So I just saw it was like on something didn't pay for it. It was just streaming it. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. Like, I love good. I love action movies, whether they're shitty or not. Right. Sure. It was I was blown away. Like I went in with such low expectations that I'm like, this is one of the greatest action movies I've ever seen. And I like still think that. And I think it's because of that initial watch. I don't know. There's plenty of reasons to like it, but it is, it's an awesome movie. That's interesting because I when I watched it, I really enjoyed this movie, but it's not one that I would say has tons of action in it because there's really like there's the big scene at the end and then him saving the yeah, farmer and wife and, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. because that kind of like bleeds into the Anna Kendrick thing. So that's what I kind of thought interesting about it was it was an action movie that I would look at as one of those, but it didn't have as much as I would expect in an action movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I also liked that the buildup parts were like not that boring to me for some reason. I feel like normally there's like exposition and like we're just the love interest shit. I'm like, come on, let's get to like <laughs> capping terrorist heads or whatever we're doing. I thought they did a good job in this. And it's probably Ben Affleck, right? Like I loved his performance in this. So I found out something interesting as I was putting together my intro. I was writing down the director, Gavin O'Connor, and I was like, fuck, I know that name. I feel like we've done other movies that he directed. So I went back and I looked, and I think it has to do with Ben Affleck. I really enjoy his, his like you said, Javier, his performance of this is fantastic. But I think Gavin O'Connor has gotten better and better at directing movies. So let's go back a minute because we all know how I felt about Warrior. He directed Warrior. 
which I didn't love because I felt like, and I said this before, I felt like it got in its own way. It was kind of muddled, didn't know what it wanted to be. However, it has a lot of the same elements I noticed. A lot of great character-driven things that where it's the story of these characters and the action sequences, or he also directed The Way Back, which we've reviewed and all of us loved. And it's one of those things where like the, the typical action, the thing that you're you expect this to be like in this one, the action, the killing takes a back seat to the character progression of your main character. But and he I, did not cut corners with the action. No. And I think the action when it's done is done very well, but it's still part of this character's progression, not necessarily an action movie. It's a story mm. movie and a character-based movie that has some really fucking cool action in it. Not a mm. cool action movie that just happens to have a cool character in it, which I really like. And I don't think a lot of directors and producers get that right the way that this movie does. So this must be a common thing for him then because the flashbacks to being kids, because they do that in Warrior too, right? Yep. Uh, the flashbacks when they're kids. I don't, they talk about being kids. I don't think they ever flashback. Oh, they don't? Oh, okay. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they don't. Um, I only watched it once, so. But the flash, the flash, <laughs> the flashback to when they were kids, like the several, were like super cool. I really yeah. looked forward to those flashbacks. I'm like, this guy is... Uh, you know, psychotic. What kind of dad does stuff like that? <laughs> like, well, a freaking psychops guy, that's who. <laughs> I guess, but like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what psyops is like well enough, but I'm like, that. those guys, I've met a couple of them. They just didn't strike me as the paranoid guys who would put their kids through hell. I would expect that from like a more kind of special ops type. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I just seemed out of place. You know? Well, no, psyops is psychological ops. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense. Like it's these guy, he, this guy's got a kid that in everyone else's mind is quote unquote handicapped, right? So he's he's going to be behind the curve and he teaches him how to overcome everything and be the toughest guy on the block. Like one of my favorite ones is you get to chew the line and as twisted as this dude is, they're sitting in the car in that last flashback and he's telling him to go after his bullies. These guys have bullied him under this bridge and he's like, you can choose to be the victim or not. Yeah, see, that was actually the one that I have thought was the weirdest, right? Because it's one thing to say my son is disabled and I don't want anyone to take advantage of him. So I'm going to teach him how to defend himself. And it's another thing to say, some kid broke your glasses because you were getting picked on. I'm going to drive you to the spot where you guys previously agreed to fight. And I'm going to let my sons beat the shit out of these French kids. Right? Like, I feel like those are two separate ideologies <laughs> and conversations to have with your son. That was a very interesting setup. And I had the same thought. <laughs> like, there's all, I'm all for supportive parents, but it might be the wrong kind of support a little bit. Yeah. Also, how do I get the job of beating up kids, right? Like who's, what's the market for that? Because I'll go beat the shit out of a couple of 11 year olds, right? Like what an awesome job. Well, I think the difference is the sensei you're talking about was actually teaching them to fight too, not just slapping them. No, he wasn't. He was absolutely just, <laughs> he sucker punched an autistic kid in the face. What are you talking about? What was he teaching him? I mean, in that moment, yes, he was just beating the shit out of him. But like, I'll, yeah, I'll teach occasionally. I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like I'd be good at that job. Oh, that shit's great. What was the other movie we watched where we talked about somebody slapping a kid and like we thought that shit was funny? Oh, what was that? Because that was hilarious. Wasn't it? Was it uh, Extraction? I don't know. He beat up yeah. a group of kids. Yeah, Extraction. Well, no, extraction, he did. Oh, Extraction. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Extraction. Yeah. Ian's on it. Yeah. He's oh, like. Man. 
thrown around these kids. Yeah, I remember that now. So but, are podcasts like like kid beaters? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, apparently. apparently you know, to be one. <laughs> it just hits differently, you know. Boom. <laughs> Apparently we have we have no problem with violence towards children on our podcast. I... Which speaking of like the kids, one of the scenes that makes me laugh the most, but which shouldn't, is when the mom is leaving and mm. the dad's oh. trying to go back and forth between. Yep, you guys know exactly because <laughs> it's like this hard, difficult scene where the you know the dad's kind of between his son who's going through like a tan like crazy tantrum and then the mom is like sitting there about to leave and from a taxi and the younger brother flips her off like that just told dude. me a lot about the relationship between mother and son on that one dude his brother was my favorite part of this movie in fact i don't know that actor's name but he is the only reason why i watched two seasons of the walking dead oh. that tv show is the worst some of the worst garbage i've ever watched oh actually westworld so it's like a little bit better than westworld Right. Super boring. Have you guys ever seen Z Nation? That super shitty, like cheap. I wanted Walking Dead to be like Z Nation, except higher budget. There needed to be a lot less drama and a lot more zombies. Anyway, we're not reviewing Walking Dead, but we could. I won't watch it. I'll just help you guys review it because it sucks. Anyways, that actor was the only good part of that show. And he's the only reason why I watched as much as I did. And I've seen him in like random other movies since then. It's awesome. John Barenthal, dude. Have you not yeah. watched the Punisher TV show? Oh, the Punisher. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome watched, show. I yeah. watched that one like three times, and he yeah. makes that show. Oh, John Barenthal is amazing. He's in so Shot cool. Well, he's in, in Shot Collar. Yeah, he's in Shot Collar. Oh, that's right. Yes. He's, oh, died a punk. Died a punk. Yes, such a good actor. Right. Like loved him. But while we're talking about his character, one of my literal favorite scenes in this whole movie is when he beats up that hedge fund manager. He like gets in the car and he just punches him like right in the sternum twice. And the second time he lectures him about it, he's like, why would you let me hit you in the exact same spot, Simon? <laughs> what a great character. I've got a topic I would like to bring up about how easy is it to be an FBI agent? So as far as career paths for me goes, it's either beat up little children in Siberia or wherever they were and, or be an FBI agent. Because literally her whole job was Google this dude's code name. She was a treasury agent. Okay. Oh, that job. That job sounds awesome. <laughs> and then she looked at pictures of Ben Affleck's character. And then she emailed someone smarter than her and said, run facial recognition software ace. And I'm like, and then she just what, like called it a day? That was, that was it for her? Incredible. And it took her fucking like an hour and a half to piece together the, why he's picking these, these code names. He's like, these, these names, these fake names. And she literally looks up Lewis Carroll. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland. And that wasn't like a red flag in her head. Like, oh, OK, let's check the other names and see if there's what an easy job, dude. Well, so I was kind of confused. Why does Ray King take Medina and go, hey, you have this amount of time to find this guy. Or I'm getting ready to be a kind of a thing. And he already pretty much knows who he is. Was that just to like get her into the position to communicate with them or 
Was there a so reason I, that he sent her on that chase? I have a theory that I only postulated 40 minutes ago when I finished watching this movie for the second time. And that is he comes up with her, like the file he shows her at the beginning when Keen shows it to her and threatens her basically because she lied. But if her, she was a minor when it happened, when all of these charges were brought up, which means that would have been sealed and thrown out. Anyway, it doesn't matter for government employment at that point. Anyway, my thing was, and she says specifically, those were sealed. How did you get them? I think that the voice on the phone that calls him and that Ben Affleck's character, the accountant talks to all the time. I think she got him that file and they were because he was retiring soon and they knew he was retiring. He was actively recruiting his his replacement and they sent the information that he would need in order to set her on that path. Hmm. That's hmm. my theory, because that for me wraps that up tightly in a bow. Otherwise, it, it makes no sense, like how he pulls her in just based on one case that she did some good research on. And he just decides that to me, he wouldn't be the guy because he's constantly just being told where to go and what to do to catch these guys. To me, it would make sense that they did the research and said, here's a person that to protect her sister was ready to kill a man, tried to kill a man doing the right thing that fits his moral code that now they've recruited and put her in the way and said to him, Keen, recruit her, get her on the path, see if she's the right person. So if that, that's my theory, if that's not what they meant to do. They should have meant to do that. Well, and I think they should have been a little more explicit about it. Like just a quick phone call would have made, but it, it gives away the twist a little early that Keen knows yeah. about him. So, I mean, I know why they didn't, but like, I would have loved, like you could have done like a little background phone call showing him taking a call from the voice saying, here's your replacement vet her or whatever it is. And I think that would have tied that up real nice and fit that pretty well they have a lot of interesting i mean they're not like crazy twists but there's a couple in this movie that like they kind of have you going down one road and then switch it on you one of the things that i liked is there's kind of that moment where dana and chris are sitting in the hotel room and you can kind of like feel that there's this uh like they could maybe go some kind of romantic route with this. And I was really glad that they didn't because mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it would have just distracted from the story, but kind of yeah. kept it this like respectful. I'm going to give you your life back and not, you know, kind of pull myself out of it. So I really like that. Yeah, me too. In fact, when she scooted closer to him on the couch and like looked like she was going to lean in, I was like, oh, no, I didn't think that actually happened. Please don't let that happen. And then yeah. he got all weird and like stood up and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> right. Well, What's her name? The chick who plays Dana? Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. I feel like she was not the greatest cast choice for that. Not because she did anything wrong. I was just, it just seemed like, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, it seemed like everyone else were real actors and she acted in Pitch Perfect. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of how I feel when Rebel Wilson is in like anything. Like, why would you choose like a like a real actor for this role? You know, it just seemed like there were better, more serious. You know, what's funny is one of my like my best friend from childhood. He's a diehard Anna Kendrick fan. Diehard. Like, there's no other words to describe it. Anyway, I hope he's listening because like she's not that great. She has a weird nose. So is this the friend I just sent a shirt to? No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, OK. <laughs> that's too bad alec how's it going <laughs> anyway sorry that's my side rant and anna kendrick didn't do anything wrong i just feel like she didn't fit the overall aesthetic of the seriousness of this movie 
I get that. And I think part of it was, I think there's some timing things there. In 2016, she was pretty popular. She had just come off doing a lot of weird little movies that really helped her. And she's had some serious ones. Like she played an end of watch. It was a pretty serious part, but like she had just wrapped up a bunch of stuff with pitch. Perfect. The twilight bullshit saga. Oh so yeah. She was pretty hot as far as she did this into the woods thing. She did a lot of big movies coming into this movie. And I think that probably didn't help. And she plays awkward really well because I think she naturally is awkward. And I think they thought maybe that comparison would help the the relationship. And I get, she does play awkward and she was very good at being awkward in this movie. But to me, it wasn't an endearing awkward that he could relate to. Like to me, it felt like I was looking for more of that re- hurt him relating and it that felt forced him willing to give up this perfect life because she seemed kind of awkward and wasn't afraid of him and didn't treat him like a freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I get what they were trying to do. And I think there were, could have been far worse actresses that they picked, but sure. Like rebel Wilson. <laughs> true enough. But I, I agree with you. Javier. I don't think she necessarily added to it. I think she was just nice and par for the course and it, it worked in the way that it needed to enough that I didn't, it didn't distract me from the rest of the movie. Which I like. The best part she did was at the very end when he sends her the Jackson Pollock and like she doesn't actually speak. She just looks at it and is all happy. That was the best the acting she did. In Even my that, opinion. that other picture he's selling, I forget who it's who's but is the lady on the hill. Yeah, I can't remember who it was either. But uh, they're just like panning through and they're like, oh, look, here's a two million dollar you know picture real quick. Cool. OK, whatever. <laughs> I just love I love his trailer and the drawer full of comics. Yeah. Next to the drawer full of cash. And gold. Then there's the drawer full of gold and and rare coins. Right. The gold drawer that we all have in our RVs. That shit's genius, man. It's instant liquidity, man. No way around it. Yeah. I don't know. I think about about stuff like that. I'm like, I would not do well in the criminal underworld if I just like stepped into it right now. What the hell would I do with a block of gold? What do I do with that? Well, that's why I wonder, what's she going to do with that painting? Because it sounds like it's well-known enough that if she's studying art and knows of this painting, like somebody's going to come in and be like, hey, where'd you, what, what do you do with this now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of like, it's one of those things where, where she is, nobody's going to believe it's an original and it's not hard to get prints of these things, like recreations and prints of so these just famous pieces. She's yeah. just going to have like an original. Well, yeah, she hung it above her couch, dude. Yeah. I just thought that was I don't know, an accountant thing. I thought later she would sell it or something. She hung it above her couch after she got done patching the holes in the wall in her bathroom from the gunfight that happened in there. Like, oh, she needed to do more than patch holes in walls. The whole thing normal is as fuck to me. Like, I had such a problem with that. I think it, just to kind of bitch about that, like when it shows her patching the wall and I'm like, why? First of all, she shouldn't have to patch that because my assumption was that was an apartment and that should be the landlord's job. Right. Second of all, why would you go back? That was my thing. I'm like, what? You almost died in this apartment. You move out. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't stay there. To I'd be, probably switch cities. Just saying. To be fair, not that it's that notable, but she did mention that she was trying to pay a mortgage. So, oh. sounds like she... Maybe she did own it then. So, that massive plot hole has been filled, is what I'm trying to get. Well done, sir. Oh, that's true. She did say art doesn't pay the mortgage. It's true. That is true. Unless it's a Pollock. <laughs> and I'm assuming as an accountant at a big firm like that, she was at least making decent money. So it would make sense that she had, though Chicago is not a cheap city to live in. So it's not. No. Oh. I mean, it's, 
There's no New York or L.A., but Chicago's hurtful. Oh, I'm thinking of Detroit. Yeah. Fucking hell. Interchangeable, right? Those pretty yeah. city. Fair enough. So I will tell you that I did enjoy... One of the things that I like the most about this movie is the progression of how this guy, how he gets to where he is. Because when you first meet him, like you can tell, like you meet him as a kid and you can tell he's, he's autistic or at least on the spectrum a little bit. He talks about he's how he's high. He's got a high functioning form of autism, but then you meet him and then it, he turns into this, like he's an accountant. He does these books and then you, you learn a little bit more and he's violent, just brutal killer. And then you're like, fuck is he an assassin is he a kid what the hell's going on with this guy and then i love the way that they piece it all together throughout the movie like where he goes in and wipes a freaking place full of mobsters not because of any other reason than they killed his mentor from prison the old man which he escaped prison in order to take revenge on them like i was like what the fuck are we watching like it's just I love that he has a reason for all of the violent shit he does. He doesn't just fucking do it for the sake of doing it. Like he's like this, he has this moral compass that maybe lacks morals, I guess. But I really enjoy how they lawful evil, baby. That's what lawful he is. evil. That's right. Well, yeah. Uh, did we ever find out why he was in prison? Because he wasn't that from the fight at the funeral, uh, like for his yeah. mom's funeral. Yeah, it's because he beat the shit out of the cops and went after. Cops yeah, are such babies. Can't cops and some guys that were there just randomly beat the hell out of him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why he was there. Mm-hmm. I, do, okay, I do find it very interesting that this guy works with drug cartels, terrorists, like the bad of the bad. But where he gets hung up is when he has to work for this corporation. And like, that's the big bad guy. <laughs> when, you know what I mean? I feel like that says a lot about corporations. Just Well, they're no different than, I mean, yeah. Drug cartels are just a corporation in a way, to be honest. I'd like to think that there are some differences. I would hope so. (laughs) But but I haven't found any yet. (laughs) Besides the fact that most corporations won't just murder someone in the street like a cartel will. But, I mean, that's about the only difference that I can see in a lot of cases. No, but he did talk about – one thing that Keen did talk about was that he has – there were some that he gave up. They just had to cross his code. Like, I guess they just had to break the rules in some cases. Oh, yeah. I don't mean like like the who he's given in. I just thought it was interesting that for a movie to be instead of like it being about him going against a drug cartel or terrorists oh. or like other big bad thing. It's about the corporation that's like cooking the books, you know, and yeah. moving money around. So I just thought that was kind of interesting to have enjoyed it that much for it to be like a villain that isn't that big of a villain, if that makes sense, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I love how he helped the old couple, though. Like, <laughs> dude, like the poor old lady had no idea what was going on. She's trying to tell the truth, and her husband's looking at her like, "Shut up!" <laughs> like he was shooting people with like this bare fifty cal. I'm surprised that guy still had a head. They would not. Well, and I'm amazed that like the shots he took when he was standing up with that, like yeah. he'd have been on his ass. <laughs> I mean, he's a big boy. Ben Affleck's a big boy. But the Dude. kick on those things standing up, I was like, you got to brace yourself pretty hard not to go flying backwards. I've shot one of those laying down and it pushed me back like a full inch and a half, like my entire body. So those things I've heard that so I have this like entire blowback system, right? That in the event of a catastrophic failure, you know, that blowback failure, that blowback system does not work. It will rip your shoulder off, off your body. That's crazy. Makes sense. Anyway, 
that guy was just shooting it like it was just an AR-15. Like, good yeah. for him. Good on <laughs> I'm a little bummed we didn't get to see the uh, garage Gatling gun come out. Me too. Uh, I just this... love the, the Keens worries. Don't see that every day. No. <laughs> How are seems you going to the front of the yard? Well, <laughs> he's got one for that. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like King does see that every day. The yeah, way that he shit. was just like, oh, yeah, of course. Gatling gun. How do you mount something like that? I don't know. I wish they'd have shown us. <laughs> I mean, we know he's not having freaking dinner parties, so nobody's going to see it but him. But damn. Yeah, he has you know, one plate. One like of each single... piece of silverware. <laughs> what I did in college, I'm not going to lie. I very much miss having like one bowl one plate, one set of silverware, because you wash it and you never have to do dishes. It's great. Yeah, man, he's living right. Dude, I'm telling you. So I have four people living in my house. The worst is like when I'm in my office working and I come in here and the sink's all clean and everything looks great. And I go back out and there's like 13 dishes in the sink. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is bullshit. So I get it. Yeah, I'm completely with him on that one. True. It's kind of interesting. He like, they open up the cupboards. I don't even think he had food. Mm Mm-mm. He didn't have anything. He had like three pieces of bacon, three eggs. Yeah. I thought he did like, I thought that was such a cool job. And like, like as a side thing for this movie, it makes me really curious to learn more about like autism and and how that affects someone and and how that affects like family life and things like that. Because one comment he made was that makes it's really difficult for him in social situations to connect with people, even though he wants to. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting, right? Because I think it's pretty common knowledge, like autism, you know, robs people of their ability, you know, their, their social abilities. But we don't really talk about whether or not they want to connect or not. Because like that scene when Anna Kendrick and him are sitting outside of the the office and he's just trying to eat. And at one point he like stares off kind of towards the camera, like like a Jim Halpert stare into the camera. And just the life is draining from she's talking. And I'm like, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. I have a nephew who, while not diagnosed, I'm pretty sure is on the spectrum. And like, it's interesting to watch him like interact, especially like when we have like family functions and stuff like he'll, he really wants to be in the center of it, but he struggles. And it's, it's interesting because I, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Like I love this kid. And because he's just, you can just tell he's like trying to be part of everything. He just doesn't quite fit what most people are used to. And it's really interesting to watch him try to work to be part of the group. And then it's really even more interesting and sad to watch. And I've seen this, not just with him, but with other people that I've known that are on the spectrum as well, where they're trying really hard to be involved and to kind of adapt how they manage social situations and and interactions. But then how we as normies try to work our way around them instead of like being involved and engaging in a way or trying to adapt how we engage. We just, I've watched so many people like try to work their way around engaging people that have, and not just with autism, but people that have social issues, social, a hard time socializing and being involved in that kind of a situation. We tend to let our discomfort and and their discomfort drive us into really kind of an ugly corner to where we avoid trying to be there for them. Whereas some of the most interesting conversations I had with my nephew, when I just lean in and say, dude, what's going on? How's life? And sometimes I'm like, wow, he just said that. But I just, you know, you just let it go and move on and realize that it's not, it's an interesting thing. But like, yeah, autism in all of its, that, that autistic spectrum is an interesting animal that I think we, we really take away from, which I like the point that they make at the beginning. And then again, at the end where it's like, we 
as normal cognitive beings really tend to put them in a corner and say they're less functional than the rest of us. And that's just not true. They just function differently, which is, it's an interesting concept. So I loved that they really gave credence to that and really paid into that whole, gave that point through this very violent, odd movie. So yeah, I liked it. I really liked this movie. I should watch it more than I should. But there is rumored a sequel that they're working on, possibly. And I'm not usually a sequel guy. Like I, I get worried sequel. about sequels. But I, I think if done right, this could have a very interesting sequel. Oh, I'd watch that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially with the two brothers reconnecting. Because that one really kind of got me. I remember watching this the first time. And then that realization of watching John Barathal's character, Braxton, like start to realize as all this is happening that this is his brother. And yeah. then like how he just he shoots the guy. He tries to stop him and then shoots him. And he's, I love that he like they shoot John Lithgow. He shoots him. And then the next thing is just like, no, I missed you, brother. Like none of like, it. Like, he didn't just plug this dude in the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some of the like the little things in this movie, too. Like like we keep flashing back to all the training he's done they've done right Mm -hmm. and the reason this came up because i'm like these guys are used to this type of situation i guess right like like being in a room with a bunch of dead people and bolts flying everywhere is like tuesday for them right (laughs) so like when ben affleck was storming that house he's hiding behind a retaining wall and some dude is coming up with like this m4 and just lighting up the wall and it pans to ben affleck and he's just waiting there and then he's just like breathing, just waiting. And then suddenly like flips around, pushes off the wall and lights that dude up. And I'm like, that is crazy. That is literally a lifetime of training, right? And so little things like that were just such cool parts in like the movie. I don't know if it's the writing or Ben Affleck's take on the character, but something in there really worked as far as like that character goes. They kind of, um, they, his character is kind of built from that because at one point Medina is trying to figure out who he is and they kind of, you know, has this person had some kind of mental trauma, da, 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 but it comes out that he's able to stay so calm in those situations because of what he's had to deal with and go through. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting that they take that part of where everybody would kind of look at this like a weakness and they show it as this greater strength in how they're using it or how he's using it. That and like the whole, his ability to, like we see twice in the movie where he's got this ritual where he turns on the flashing light, which is a definitely, all of that is psyop shit from the military. Like we saw a little bit of that when we reviewed that TV show Waco and they had the music playing and the loud noises and the sirens and the flashing lights that kept the lights on all the time. Like he turns that that strobe light on, he turns on the really loud death metal music and then he's got that fucking piece of wood that he's just grinding on his shin. Like that made my my fucking legs hurt just watching him do that. And then at the end when he's losing it because they didn't let him finish the job, like he breaks it over his shin. Dude, I've tapped my shin on a freaking coffee table. And I don't mean like whacked it good, which I've also done. But I mean, I don't like tapped it and it's brought tears to my eyes. I can't imagine like grinding a piece of wood up and down your shin bones like that. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That's like, like he can and then you people, see, right? Well, yeah. And then you <laughs> see like at the end, like his brother's beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And he's just like unfazed by it yeah. because the dude's just trained himself for pain, mentally, physically emotional like he's just trained himself to deal with the most extreme situations that brings up like such a good point of like like how much of pain and like physical exertion is mental you know and from what i've heard that's what like anti-torture techniques are like all about like the mentality of it not like Mm -hmm. the physicality of it and like like in fitness they say like when your mind hits a wall, like your body can go so much farther 
than what your mind wants to do. Like, I, I don't know. Brings up really interesting questions for me. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. And I Ben Affleck just did such a great... We talked a lot about him in our podcast, but he kills it in this movie too. He kills think, a lot of things in this movie. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. All right, should we rate this thing? Let's do it. All yeah. right. Javier, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Um, okay. So, like I said, awesome movie. There's like, I would really have to nitpick to find things I don't like about it. If I were to nitpick the putting a flash grenade in someone's chat, like, like best, and then holding him to you. And then that flash grenade killing the dude on top of you, but not harming you. That would be one thing that I would nitpick. For example, I'm going to give this a four. The action is a lot of fun. The building up to the action is a lot of fun. The estranged brothers finding each other and lot like really cool. Really cool movie, really cool action, really cool storyline. And I think if you like want to take it a step further, it really challenges you to look at things a little bit differently. Question autism and what you know about it, right? And like how you're raising your kids, like all sorts of shit like that. So anyway, I'm going to give this four. Yeah, this is like the second time I watched it. I'm with JJ. I really should watch this more often because this is a great movie. Ian. So one thing I really like about this movie is I feel like it breaks a lot of molds. Um, There's a lot of things that you would expect to see that it kind of flips on its head. Like at the ending, usually there's some big boss type showdown of two, the big bad guy and the big good guy going at it. And instead in this, they kind of come together because they're brothers and it just is very unexpected. Um, That's not what I was planning on seeing. I really do enjoy this movie. I think it's a really good movie, but it's one that I have to go for a while before I can watch it again. It's not one that I could, yeah, let's hop back in and watch The Accountant right after I've seen it. So I'm going to say a 3.5. Still really enjoy it. I hope there is a sequel because that's something I would be very much interested in to see how they do, but I'm going to say 3.5. I really enjoy this movie. I think for me, the only thing that I have going against this movie besides the fact that I kind of giggled at the whole flashbang grenade though going through two levels of Kevlar and he's hugging him tight anyway I get it like the arguments there but I think you'd still fuck yourself up a little more than they give you credit for but that one I can get over yeah exactly that one I can get over because I thought it was pretty cool a cool moment even regardless of the unrealistic nature of it I I found the the shooting the 50 cal more unrealistic even than that when he was from a standing position like especially like multiple like it was like two or three shots in pretty rapid succession for a weapon like that but I think the thing overall that distracted me the most and as i watched it the second time specifically is the whole anna kendrick character piece of this i think it could have been just as good a movie without it you could take her out of it and they're just coming after him mm-hmm. and he doesn't like normally he would just disappear and run away but in this case they've got his brother after him you bring in john barenthal's character a little bit more they don't realize who each other are it's been 10 years but he's almost just as good as you know, Chris, Christian Wolf's character, this character that he is. So he realizes I'm not going to escape from this guy. I'm not going to be able to get away and they're after me. So it comes to this head that then turns into these two brothers realizing who it is. And it ends the same way. way. And I feel like you could have gotten the same emotional ties without her character altogether. Not that she takes away from it, but I don't think it added anything that couldn't have already been there. Yeah. So for me, that's why I wouldn't, I'm not giving it a five. I've been back and forth a little bit, but I'm going to give it a four and a half. Like it's rare that I find a movie that in two hours and 10 minutes like i go oh it's over damn 
I really enjoy this movie from front to back for the most part. Um, I think it's done well. I think it places the little twists and the storyline and, it, you know, it kind of chops it up. And I, I just really enjoy that line. And I love that he has this moment where he says, I, I love things that are incongruous when he's talking to her because he is like the epitome mm -hmm. of incongruous. You know what I mean? So I really enjoy that aspect of it. But I really love this movie. I really do hope they do make a sequel. And I hope it's as good as this one, because every time like two times now I've watched it, I'm like, God, why don't I watch this movie more? Because it's just fun. It's entertaining. It has a good story. It has good points to it. So overall, I think this is a really great movie. Four and a half for me. And I would watch it. I'm kind of with you, Ian. As much as I say, why don't I watch this movie more? I think it's because I don't want to overwatch it and get bored with it because it is that good. So I was kind of glad at the same time that it's been a while since I've watched it. I don't know that I'll be take as long to watch it the next time. But yeah, I will definitely watch this movie again. So there it is. Pretty all over the place ratings, but pretty good movie. We all enjoyed it. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Go watch this thing. Remember, next week we will be reviewing Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, Kong versus Godzilla, whichever order it is. Big fights. I'm sure it'll have a really shitty movie with a lot of cool fight scenes with big monsters. That's about what I'm expecting for that movie. But we'll be reviewing that next week. So check that out on the 5th of April. Uh, we'll have a, a spoiler free review on YouTube as well as our deep dive that'll come out on the 5th. Yeah, you can check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Reach out to us, let us know. You can also email us directly, hosts at whatsourverdict.com. You can sign up there at our website, whatsourverdict.com, where for our newsletter, we send out updates and exclusive content. So check us out. Come communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Cinemagic out.